0: Thank you for listening to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. We pray that as you listen to the following message, that it will encourage you to continue to connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and with others. If you have your Bible, I'd like you to open up to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We'll be looking at verses 17 through 21. And I want to talk to you today about the reality of a life made free. And as you're turning there, uh, I want to talk to you about something that I think all of us in here at some point in time can relate to. And I know when I'm about to say this, and you're going like, how's this going to tie in to, to your message? Just bear with me, I have a reasoning behind my madness. How many of you who have children, or have had children, have put something that it's supposed to be a tree or a dog or a bird or maybe mommy and daddy and the kids and all that on your refrigerator before. A lot of us in here, right? That nice little thing called refrigerator art. This is the thing that a kid comes in, you know, either from Sunday school or either kindergarten or something of that nature. All excited about it because they think it's the next Picasso. And then they hand it to you. And. I've been like this because I remember when my nieces and nephews have have brought me something, or the uh, younger kids in the church, Mr. Jason, Mr. Jason, Mr. Jason, here. And I take it and I look at it and then look at them, look at it, look at them and smile. And what is it? Do you not see it? Do you not see it? It's this, this, and this. And I look back at it, then look at them. Look at it and then look at them again and smile and say, Yeah, I see it. Sure, yeah. But they're excited about it. And and the reason I say something like this is at some point in time, we have all done this refrigerator art. So, how does this tie into what I want to talk to you about today? Well, during this creative time, we had the opportunity to make a work of art using nothing but. More than maybe crayons, construction paper, glitter, glue, and other things to make this nice piece of art. For most of us, this time intoxicated our mind and soul with endless creativity and possibilities of what we could do. And the only result in our minds was a masterpiece that should have been in our minds as little kids be put it along right beside the Picassos and the Rembrandts and any other great art in the world but most of the time it doesn't but it gets put where most other stuff is that kids create well on the refrigerator because we as parents or aunts and uncles or anything like that we're proud of them we want to show it off and where's the best place to show everything off that you have your refrigerator most kids choose to draw a picture of their house, their pet, or family. And, of course, houses are not really made of pizza. Dolls don't have six legs. And grandpa isn't blue. Yet, in the minds of the artists, they create masterpieces. And it's sort of said like this. Arthur Brent Crow, who is a, a great author and, and, and speaker for Youth Events, says it like this. It says, when I was a kid and drew these pictures, I was so excited for my mom or dad to come pick me up. Then I could officially present them with my artistic creation as a token of affection and appreciation. Of course, what I thought to be a masterpiece more realistically represented, Picasso on drugs. The anticipation leading up to this presentation of my picture to my parents climaxed with the celebratory affirmation of, of how glorious it was. Some time ago, the cynical side of me concluded this was further proof that all parents lie to their children for their own good. And like I said, we've all been there. But the reason why I'm talking about refrigerator art is because, in the end, the best way I can offer, the best thing I can offer God is nothing more than refrigerator art. As odd as it may sound, this needs to be the starting point for what I want to talk to you today. The reality of a life made free. Because we have to understand the freedom we have in Christ. In fact, before we can even begin to evaluate freedom, we must first understand what it means to be in Christ. As it says in Isaiah 64, 6 and Ephesians 2, 1, it says, When your life was empty, the best you could offer God was but filthy wrath. Why? Because, as it says in Ephesians 2, 1, because you were spiritually dead in your sins. But then at a specific time, the grace of God caused your position to change. This has been correctly referred to as our salvation experience. Cole, at one time, they're they're not now that now realized he needed something else. He had that salvation experience Well, Christ came into his life, made him a new creation. And now he is doing everything he can to live for Christ, to be that ambassador, to be that image bearer of Christ to others that he comes in contact with. And so when you realize you are empty and that you wanted Christ to step out of heaven and into your life to make you free, what could you have possibly offered God? We said, what well, can we offer God? Because I just told you, what we have is like refrigerator art. It's, it's kind of worthless. It's says filthy rags. And the funny thing is, when I think about this, you know, we sometimes get caught up in all the stuff that we can do as, as man. And I don't think at any time that God the Father looked at Christ the Son and said, Boy, we're lucky to have them. And no time, I don't think he's ever done that. And you're thinking, okay, Jason, I'm, I'm, I'm following your, your refrigerator art thing and, and, and coming to know Christ. But but where where are you going with this? See, the truth is that we have nothing to offer God but empty and messed up lives without purpose. In other words, refrigerator art. While the best we can offer him, may that, and we think we, we're great at it, it says filthy rags. I know this may sound pessimistic at first, but I hope As we continue on, that you'll see that it screams the overwhelming grace of God who welcomes us into relationship with himself and offers freedom. Let's look at what Paul has to say in 2 Corinthians 5, verses 17 through 21. He starts off, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God for our sake. He made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. If our entire identity can be summarized with the phrase in Christ, then we must understand the following realities. Understanding these realities and confessing them with our lives will serve as a gateway to truly understanding the freedom Christ offers us. So what are these realities? The first one to understand is the reality of a life made free. We have to understand we are new creations. Now, we come into this thing when we accept Christ. He comes in our heart. He changes us. And some of us just stop right there. We think, okay, I've gotten the get out of free hell. I mean get out of hell free card. I've got it in my pocket. I have accepted it into my heart, I can continue on. But we have to understand we are new creations. The old self is passed away. The new self takes over. The best way I've ever explained this is this way. I mentioned Brent Crow. Great speaker, great author, and he, and I got to see him speak. And he talked about this one instance that he of a, of a person, a student accepting Christ. And so he explained it like this: I'm sitting and just got through speaking, and uh, at a camp, a conference, and I got the chance to go and just mingle with some of the students. So he's sitting there talking, and all of a sudden, here comes this young teenage girl. Running up to him, you know, all excited and stuff. said, Pastor Brent, Pastor Brent, Pastor Brent, Pastor Brent. You know, he's sitting there talking. As like, hang on, Pastor Brent, Brent, I got to tell you something. And then he turns around, says, OK, what is it? What is, what is it? During your message tonight, I accepted Christ as, as my Savior. And he was like, you know, he was excited. He's like, that's awesome. That's great. You know, the people around him was excited. And he stopped and looked at her and said, what does that mean to you? What, what, what's happened? What, what, what happened to you? And she stood there for a second, kind of confused. And he sat there with her, and he was about to say something else to, to prompt the, the, the question. When she said, hey, you remember the, the Pepsi commercials on TV? He's like, yeah, I've, I've seen a few. She said, no, no, the, the ones where there's this beat up old Pepsi machine. He's like, yeah, I think I remember that. And then then during the commercial, all of a sudden you see this zipper and the zipper zips down and out comes this brand new working Pepsi machine. He's like, yeah, well, that's what I feel like. I feel like I was a beat down, broken old Pepsi Pepsi machine. And then when I said to Christ, you know, I was like that new machine that came out of the old one. And he stepped back and, you know, said, himself and he wrote as he was and he said this as he spoke he said that's the most theologically sound statement i've ever ever heard he said i've gone to school i've heard theologians speak i've read books all this stuff and i just got blown away by a student explaining the salvation experience through the illustration of a pepsi machine see that's what happens we're new creation we accept christ in our heart. We become this new creation. The old things that sin beat us down with and made us, in our minds, worthless. Christ came and died on the cross to pay the price for us because we thought we was worth something. And we accept Him in our heart and He changes us. We are made and are a new creation. And another story besides this one. That uh, Brent was talking about and I failed to mention it in the first one and then I was reading on my notes I said, I've got to say this one in the second one. The next story he gave about the whole thing of becoming a new creation was he was out ministering in an urban area and came across these group of men. And and he got to talking to them and then they invited him inside. Well, when he came inside, he realized that this was a drug house. Sort of scared him, him and his friend. And he's like, I don't know what's going to happen. Well, they sit down on the couch and everything, and they and they see this big, beautiful, this glass table. And they got to uh, talking to the guy. And long story short, the guy and his friends end up accepting Christ. And he said, the guy that was a drug user and stuff. He said, before you came in here. He said, this, you see this big table? And, and, and Brant said, yeah, I, I, I see it. He said, before you came, that was an anchor that was strapped to me. Because he said, many, many times I would, I would take pills and I would take cocaine and I would take everything off of this table and use it trying to fulfill me. He said, but now I see this table as something that is liberating me. Because I've used it as an altar to be able to accept Christ who has set me free. In the same sense as that young girl, I know it's not the same thing. But in this sense, this man became a new creation. He realized what he used to be and what Christ has done in him now. He is realizing a reality of a life made free. And now we move on to the second thing. The second thing is we move from a reality to a reason. We must realize the reason for a life made free. And this is the love of God. We've heard it all our lives if we've grown up in church this verse For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's something that, you know, everybody can quote. Even people who do not even know. And have a, a loving relationship with Christ knows this. I remember growing up looking, you know, watching football games. You used to see in the end zone. You hardly see it anymore, but you would see this big, white, huge sheet. John 3.16. Especially if you watch the Saints or the Giants or something like that. These big, big, you know, stadiums. They've seen that. Do we realize that love that God has for us? Because we, we can quote this all day long. But do we realize the price that was paid for us on the cross? Because God loved us so much that he was willing to give his one and only son for us that we could have everlasting life. See, the second aspect of a life made free has to do with the love of God, which is woven throughout all of 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. Every verse speaks in some manner directly to to God's sacrificial love for humanity. Paul states this. All this is from God, meaning everything he has stated in the preceding verses. Then Paul elaborated by writing that God in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. We need to analyze two terms here to further understand the love of God. The first word is reconciliation. Paul is the only author in the New Testament to use the noun reconciliation and the verb to reconcile. And there's a reason. The picture Paul is is painting is God reconciling man to himself and wrapped up in that is the ministry of reconciliation. Now, what does that mean? Sin separated us when man decided to eat of the tree. That sin separated us from God because before then it was like this: God and man, fellowship with each other. The sin separates us, and then you read through the Bible. You know, God tries to do different things to help reconcile that relationship, but then He finally comes down to the you know, says, "You know what? I'm going to give the most precious thing to me, my child, my one and only son." Send him to a cross to die as an innocent man so that man and God can be reconciled once again and have that fellowship through people accepting my son. Now, all of you in here. I've asked this question before to students and even asked the congregation in the first service. I don't have a child. Not yet. Many of you have children or you have nieces and nephews and stuff of that nature. But would you be willing to give that child up, especially if it is your only child, so that people around the world, even people you didn't even know, would have the chance to live? See, this is the love that God has for us. I even asked that question myself. You know, God, you know, if you you bless Michelle and I with with a child. And then you ask me to give it up, would I be willing to do that? Because that's love. That's true love. Christ gave up, I mean, God gave up his most precious thing, his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for us. Why? So that we can be reconciled with him. And then through that, we can go to others and explain to them the ministry of reconciliation. Born into sin, we accept Christ. Cole, as he'd been baptized, he was as an outward expression of an inward commitment. Dead to sin, alive in Christ. He understood that love that, that, that Christ has for him. And that's what I ask you do we understand the reason why we can have a life made free is because of the love of God? Now, the third thing is this. I talked about the reality of a life made free. I talked about the reason of a life made free. Now I talk about the responsibility of a life made free. And that is the ministry of reconciliation. See, I just talked about what reconciliation looks like through Jesus Christ. However, God also wants us to be involved in his agenda. And that is to reconcile others to him. What does this mean? What does this look like? Let's look back at the beginning. At these verses that I read from, from 2 Corinthians 5. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled this big, this, this key word. Us, to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that is in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation therefore we are ambassadors for Christ I'm going to say this again we are ambassadors for Christ God making his appeal through us. If you haven't realized, that's four times Paul has said the word us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Four times he says us. So what is the ministry of reconciliation? In? Well, it has to do with us. Us not just myself, not just Pastor Jimmy, not Brother Chris or Renee or Matt or any other person that holds a ministry or a role in this church, not the deacons. It's all of our job to go out these doors and tell others about the love God has for us through His Son, Jesus Christ, and He wants to make it right with us. He, we, he wants us to be reconciled with Him. Sin has separated us from Him. But we have the opportunity through his son, Jesus Christ, to be brought back, to be reconciled with him. And once we realize that, that we are a new creation, and through being a new creation, we have the love of Christ. We have the love of God. We are love. We are worth something. That refrigerator art is a masterpiece. Then we get to the part of where it becomes a responsibility. It just don't stop with us just accepting Christ. We live, we grow, we become an image bearer, or as Paul was talking about, an ambassador for Christ. Then and only then, through that, can you live a life that is set free from the bondage of sin. Only then can the shackles fall off your wrists. The chains fall off your legs. And you live that abundant life as Christ talked about in John 10.10. Because the enemy does come to steal, to kill, and destroy. But the second part of this, Christ says, but I have come that you may have abundant life. An abundant life. A life that is made free. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this day. And Lord, as we move into this time of invitation, a time of, of commitment, I pray, Father, that we do that we start to understand this 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 reality of a life made free. And that through that we understand the reason and why we can be made free. And that's because of your love. And then We realize the responsibility we have if we have you, your son living in us, that we have a responsibility, Lord, to go out and be ambassadors of your son, Jesus Christ, and tell others about him and what he offers, eternal life and reconciliation with you. So I pray, Father, for someone within this congregation today, Father, that has not made a commitment to you. Never remember a time of asking you to be Lord, boss of their life. Father, I pray that as we move in this time of invitation that they just forget all other things, Father, and just come down and accept you. I pray for the rest of us, Father, that does have a, a, a loving relationship with you. We've asked your son to be our Lord and Savior, Father God, that we don't take this for granted. That we realize that we it's not just the preacher or the youth minister or anyone else's job. It's our job to go and tell others what your son has done for us. And the love that you have for us. Thank you. Thank you for loving us that message you gave him for us. That we can have eternal life through him. We ask this all in Christ's name.